Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Out of the Drawing Pan, a Pokemon the series podcast. Each week, we discuss two episodes in the Pokemon anime, and just whatever else happens to pop into our heads. Just a quick reminder, we are an E4 explicit podcast, so listen to discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Oh my gosh, it's so hot in this room right now. I'm like sweating already. It really, is it the laptop? Okay, my laptop's going insane. The fan, I don't know if you can hear it, but... All of a sudden, the heat just kicked on, and I'm like in an inferno. I'm like dying. Well, that that should feel good. It's like 30 degrees outside today. And it's almost spring. I'm not mad about the weather outside because it is, well, it's March 12th today, but it's so hot in this house. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and speaking of infernos, we have our other co-host here, Austin. What's up, Austin? Disco inferno, burn, burn baby, baby, burn. burn. I really wish I knew who sang that song, because I hear that song all the time. Let's find out. I can never name that band. A song by Ash? Okay, you gave me two different answers. The Tramps. That was 2001. What? I have the answer. Oh, the tra- oh Austin was right. He was saying it in the background. We were ignoring him. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Why is the first result that comes up a song released in 2001 by Ash... Oh, like Ash, like the British band? I don't know. Is it? Let's find out. It's a Northern Irish rock band. Oh, good guess. I guess that's not British. UK band? That wasn't what I thought the first result was going to be, but... I once did a high school presentation on that band. Why? Why'd you have to do that? The project was, it was a business class, and it was like you had to sign a, you were working for a record company, and you had to sign a label or something, and so that was the one I picked. Ash. Mm Mm-hmm. Are they still popular? Did that work out for you? Was that a good investment? I don't think they're still active. If they are, I don't, I'm not aware of it. Sorry, Ash. I know you're listening. Shout out to Ash. Uh, thanks for providing, providing us with the uh, Disco Inferno. Oh, gosh. We can uh, <laughs> we can move on to our weeks. Alex, I'm going to start with you. Because I think the past couple of times I started with Austin and he didn't do anything. So give us something. I have something fun. Ooh. So, as we all know. Well, I know this episode is coming out. A week later than we record it. So today's the 12th. So this was a couple days ago. But March 10th was Mario Day. Hooray! Mario Day. Super exciting. We all love Mario. Beloved on this podcast anyway. Austin and I celebrated Mario Day belatedly yesterday by playing all the games in chronological order and watching a very interesting cartoon program and eating candy and just generally being really indulgent. And it was really fun. And we took magic mushrooms. And we took magic mushrooms. Mm, did you gain a life? Or get bigger? Or shoot fireballs? What kind of mushrooms were these? I was flying. Oh, okay. You were flying. My All tail right. was, was spinning. I was flying. Just like in the on the magic carpet in what was it? Super Mario Brothers 2? Yes. Yes. Alex said she had never played most of the vintage classics. So, I had, so we did some history lessons. 
I enjoyed it. Super Mario, which ones? Walk me through them, Alex. Oh my God. Okay. Austin could tell you better. Um, no, Alex, you gotta tell us. You gotta, rem- you gotta remember, Alex. This, this was your, this is your history quiz. Okay. Let's see. What did we start with? We started with Donkey Kong. Was it Donkey Kong? Yes. Donkey Kong. You know the original one where he captures Pauline and climbs up the steel girders and and all that. We could not beat that game. It took us forever, but it was really fun. We finally did win all four levels. I know. What was next after that, Austin? Oh, God. It all was blurring together. I'll just say what I, what I can remember. We played pinball, which Mario had like a secret appearance we never could get to because fuck pinball. Um, sorry to all you pinball fans out there. Uh, Wrecking Crew, which I could not make sense of. That game was terrible. <laughs> what the Wrecking fuck was crew? that? What is Wrecking exactly. Crew? What, exactly. Exactly. What, what is that? Yeah, it was a bad game. I'm sorry. We also played... Donkey Kong Jr., which was the one with Stanley the Bugman? Donkey Kong 3. Donkey Kong 3, which I had never heard of, and probably that was for the best. What We lasted, what, like five minutes in that game? What else? We played the Super Mario Brothers games, 1, 2, and 3. Super Mario World. That's a good one. Which is the best one. Mm-hmm. And, th- and by that point, it was like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. That one with Yoshi. That's that we ended on a high note. We ended on the one with Yoshi. That was super fun. Um, we got to what Vanilla Dome. <laughs> Vanilla Dome. That was right. the, that was World Three. Vanilla <laughs> yeah. Dome. Yeah. <laughs> and you're in a cave. Was that all the arcade games that we played, Austin? Mario Brothers. Oh, Mario Brothers. That's right. And then we watched cartoon movie, which was what was it called again? I don't know. It's the um, one where Peach has a fiance. <laughs> Oh, yeah, where the the Bowser kidnaps her to marry her, and Mario and Luigi, who work at a grocery store in, like, the middle of the desert, have to, like, go into the TV and, like, save her, and they meet, like, a wizard man, and the wizard man has, like, a blue dog-slash-caterpillar hybrid abomination creature that accompanies them, and they go through wacky adventures because they use they had to have an excuse to use all the music so there was like an underwater part a cave part all that to use all the music and then at the end peach is like the prophecy says that i will marry a prince that has the exact same necklace as me and then all of a sudden the dog jumps out and he has the necklace and then he turns into a prince and mario is heartbroken because he wanted to marry peach and so then they have to leave and we never see or hear of this prince ever again I have not seen that at all. I've never heard of that. So, <laughs> I mean, was that on TV at one point? Or was this, is this like Mario Archive? This is obscure. This is Japanese only. It's not well known. I don't know how you get hold of this stuff. I mean, it, it's... YouTube. In, it's in, you, oh, you watch the YouTube? Okay. Yep. Every time you mention that, I don't think like other... I don't think you're actually like getting it. I thought you have this stuff physically. Oh, no. Jacob, are you jealous? You were, you were not at Mario Day? A little bit. Yeah, because I like World. World's one of my favorites. Don't worry, Jacob. We we talked about it. We only got, like, what? Barely halfway through all the Mario games. Obviously, the later ones are more intense. Like, you know, when you start getting into, like, Odyssey and, and all that. I mean, those are, like, proper games that are going to take hours and hours to play. But we talked about it. We're like, if we do this continuation, we'll invite Jacob because we know how much you love Mario Kart. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the best one. 600 hours plus. Jacob, you're invited to Mario Kart Day. <laughs> that's not <laughs> Where we play every Mario Kart game. Woo-hoo. Oh, God. <laughs> that's that's rough. I played the uh, SNES one. 
recently or the yeah the SNES one doesn't hold up. Does not no. <laughs> doesn't really hold up. No, not really. It doesn't. No. So you played the one that's like you're trapped in a sewer and the turtles keep coming at you. That's the one that I think about when I hear like Mario games no one's ever heard of. I think of that that's one. Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers, yeah. And they made three of those or two of them? One. Which is one. But that sounds fun. I mean, you got Mushrooms, you got Mario. You didn't make it to 64, which is a little disappointing, but covered all the classics, yeah. We only had a limited time, and as we go on, obviously the games get more robust and fleshed out, and they take a lot longer. They're not just, you know, simple arcade platforming games so we'll have to continue it later i'm excited mario party super fun mario kart obviously super fun but it's better with more people with those kind of games so exactly you need a group yeah yeah that's cool so you did yeah you did the early ones you can tell no one really worked hard on those early ones like when the switch came around that's when you can what that's when you can tell like they actually really started putting in the effort so but can't you argue that that okay to see the progression of what games used to be in 1981 because that was the first game right 1981 okay you're talking like donkey kong 3 because that shit's shit you better not be dissing the super mario brothers series well i'm just going by what alex said about how they get more complex and later on i mean obviously these early ones i mean oh my gosh well they grow they learn obviously yeah or they got new people and and got better we'll just Shigeru Miyamoto is going to come to your room and kill you in the night. Uh, best selling game of all time, Super Mario Bros. Is that still true? No, I think uh, Wii Sports took it over, but originally it oh, was. Okay. It was. That was a joke, by the way. They worked very hard on it. Just make clarify that. Oh, that's interesting, Jacob. I mean, to see the progression of games to then and now, it's very... I think it's fascinating. Those games hold up. The old RPGs, those are fun to play because we know nothing about them. Like, they don't, there's no coordination with them. Like, we talked about that you have to have the map to Zelda to finish it. The old Final Fantasy games, they're unbelievably hard, especially if you don't know where you're going or what you're doing. Oh, the original Legend of Zelda shit. Oh, my God. Okay, so we can say goodbye to everybody who's ever listened to this podcast. (laughs) I didn't say Link to the Past. I didn't say Link's Awakening. I didn't say Ocarina of Time. I said Legend of Zelda 1. Let's just, can we just disclaimer that everybody's entitled to their own opinions on what games they like and don't like, and we don't judge anybody for liking certain games or not. I like the original Zelda. You need the map, Austin. If you got the map, I do need the map. you're good. Yeah. Okay, I'm the map. I'm the map. The giant fold-out map. Speaking of folding out, Austin, what'd you do this week? Oh. Whoa. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm, gonna, I just usually, I'm just letting it sit. <laughs> for now um, it says you're gonna make me you're gonna make me feel the silence okay yeah. <laughs> um i went grocery shopping i've been watching tv go go power rangers somehow i'm still on power rangers that's good i'm on season six so you are going you said you were stopping you said you were stopping at five no i said i was stopping at seven seven okay okay mm, we still got a little I bit think, to go then i think you move the goalpost a little bit but that's okay that rubber stuff that they put the people in like the monsters it scares me it scared it scared me like the original spy kids no i can't do it especially when i found out those were real people that the guy was just morphing into monsters nope scared me i'm done you mean the thumb people the thumb people and like there was a blue guy with three heads i was like this is sick it's just sick and disgusting i don't like it spy kids was surreal it was it was pretty scary as a as a small kid they tie the guy to the chair at the end of it, and they morph a monster out of, like, that putty stuff, and his only choice to get out is to become a monster, and so he just says, I'll do it, 
that that was weird. It was scary. I didn't like it. Jacob, how's your week? It was good. Uh, I ate a bunch of food. I didn't play Mario games, except for Mario Kart, which... You play every night. Pretty close. Pretty close. My wife does, definitely. Season That season four one came out. It's it's pretty good. Pretty good. Birdo is... I haven't played Birdo yet, so I'm going to have to play Birdo and then like report back about what that's like. But we played like a Shanghai level. That was fun. Is this the last one? No. How many waves are there? I don't know, but you should know better than I do. I don't know. <laughs> I like I like the surprise factor. Oh, okay. That's my problem. I like the thrill of it, of not knowing. That's about it, though. Season 4 is pretty good. I'll have to play more of it. to give, uh, I haven't played all the levels. I think Out of all the ones they've released, though, probably Waluigi Pinball, is that's like the best level. Yeah, that's a beloved one. It's much better than NES Pinball. True that. Or Mario, or uh, Pokemon Pinball. Better than that. Ooh, now we're getting hot takes. That's controversial. Now we're getting the hot takes. Mm -hmm. Pokemon Pinball was fun. I love that game. I had the Game Boy Color one. I didn't have the Ruby Sapphire one. I had the the one you put the battery, the big giant cartridge that you put the sink, yeah, the double A battery in, and it would every time you hit a bumper. That was fun. Oh my god, the rumble pack and the worm light. Oh guys, I'm so nostalgic. Oh, I had the worm light. Everyone had the worm light, and it was shit. Sh you shut your mouth about the worm light. How much did the worm light cost? Because everyone had it, and so it must have been really cheap. Twenty. I thought it was like 20 bucks. 20? Jesus. I think it was 20. Okay, let's find out. What's the retail price for a worm light? Well, now it's going to be like 20 cents, but like, well, they don't even make them anymore, but. It wasn't that good, though. I mean, it shined the light on one spot on your screen. And then you couldn't see that spot. And you couldn't see that spot. It was, yeah. It, it was, was worthless. <laughs> it wasn't the best. Okay, that's why when the Game Boy Advance SP came out, that shit was divine. And it was, it folded in half and it fit perfectly in your pocket. That was maybe the best console ever at the time. Like, revolutionary. I can't believe it took so long for the flip to become, <laughs> like, even with modern day smartphones, like the iPhone, they got smartphones on that flip. I can't believe the flip, the flip's like the most underrated thing ever. It protects your screen. You don't have to worry about getting huge scratches in it. It's, it's amazing. It revolutionizes. It's like getting to the moon. Y'all, I want a flip smartphone. I want one. What is this, 2002? We never should have left the flip behind. No, we shouldn't have. Because it, it's a big scam. No, I'm not going to get into that. But it, it just, it's better. It's way better. Longevity for these phones, that flip is going to be twice as long as your smartphone. My smartphones all beat the hell. We can move on to, because I mean, let's be honest. The first episode this week, meh, right? Meh. Yeah, I did not care for either of these episodes. Sorry, guys. The second one I thought was all right. I'll get that one. We have a uh, good quill hunting and shadow of a drought are the episodes this week. First one, eh. So we didn't like the second one either. I did. You did? Okay. I thought the second one had some point, like high points to it. It was definitely a random episode. Slowpoke episode. It was great. Yeah, and we get, like, a conclusion out of it. Like, something ends. 
Yes. We'll go ahead and shift the randomizer around here. Um, Alex, you got the 30-second summary challenge. I get good oh, quill hunting. Okay. Austin, you get a shadow of a drought. Oh, <laughs> lovely. You <laughs> lovely. Uh, you know, honestly, I was I was wondering when my number was going to be up because I haven't done the 30 seconds in several weeks, I think. And so I was like, oh, you know what? It's statistics aren't on my side. I think today is going to be the day. And I had a feeling. Before we begin, are we clear on our roles? I don't want to mix up like last week. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Am I ever going to live that Everybody? down? <laughs> I listened to the back to that, and it's like incomprehensible as to what is happening. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's my fault. I'll take the blame. That was bad, but hopefully funny. That's gracious of you. That's yeah. gracious of you, Jacob, to take the blame. Am I supposed to take the blame? I'm I'm so mean to Alex on the podcast. <laughs> I'm always like giving you fine. Guys I'll take the blame. I obviously had some kind of brain incident last week. I wasn't comprehending, so fine. Pin it on me. I don't I don't mind. Ah, uh, quill pin. Yeah. All right. Well, this is gonna be interesting. Even though I watched these episodes just about an hour ago, I don't I don't know what's going on. I feel like it was a lifetime ago. You're gonna do this 30 second summary challenge, and it's gonna be great. Because it's the whole episode. I know. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Like, it's going to be really hard to follow up if you oh, do it right. Jesus. So a lot of pressure okay. on you. Yeah. In three, two, one, go. Okay, so Brock's stellar map reading skills are on display once again. Surprise, we're lost in the woods. But before we can do anything, some kid runs up and he's like, Hey guys, don't catch any cyndaquils. And they're like, Oh, there's cyndaquils around here? Thanks for letting us know. And he's like, No, don't do it. So Team Rocket's spying on them. They have like a meowth mecha. They try to they come across a cyndaquil. They try to catch it with like bubblegum balloons. The kid tries to battle Ash for it, even though he already caught it. Cyndaquil Time. can't get it together, but then he wins. So like Alex said, we're on our way. We're almost to Azalea Town, but we don't know that just yet. And, of course, we're lost. But then we find, or this kid comes up to us. His name is... Did you guys catch his name? Nope. It's Koji. Had to look that up. I had to look it up, yeah. It's not actually... I don't think they mentioned his name at all in the episode. How do they know this? I don't understand how they... Or do they just... Does Bulbapedia just, like, decide? I don't understand. I have a theory as to where they know this. Where? From the Scholastic books. Okay. Is that right? I don't know. Mine would be the Japanese subs. I think they look at that, and I'm guarantee there's names probably mentioned in there. Incorrect, because apparently in Japanese, his name is Yuji. Yuji. Oh, it's translated. I mean... Yuji Dekoji? Yeah. There's no U in English, so they had to put a K there. Um, we can... There's no, no U in <laughs> Wrong, English? Incorrect. <laughs> they had to make something up. But Koji is his name. Koji's a brat. Koji's definitely probably one of the most hated characters so far. I mean, he's not as bad as Richie, but he's definitely up there. Jesus. <laughs> what? I just, okay, I had a problem with him right off the bat because, like, Ash and, and friends don't even know that there's syndicals around here. Like, they're clueless. And then this guy runs up and he's like, hey, you punks, you better stay away from any syndicals that you see around here because they're all for me. And that immediately tips them off to, oh, hey, there's Cyndaquils? Like, that's cool. Thanks for letting us know. Like, if he had just kept his mouth shut and, like, hunted for the Cyndaquils in secret, we wouldn't even have had this episode. Well, yeah, he forwards the plot a lot. There's no, this isn't a place that I thought you would find a lot of, like, Cyndaquil. It's kind of like, 
I was expecting more of a volcanic area or a desert. They lived in like those cave areas we go to later in the episode. What is a cyndaquil? Like a like a mole? Like what is it? What's it based on? Maybe a salamander. A salamander. No. no. Well, it doesn't have any eyes. It doesn't have any eyes, like those cave salamanders. It, it's a mammal. It says, oh, it appears to be based on an echidna with traits of a shrew, an anteater, or a tenrec. I don't know what a tenrec is. Also resembles a porcupine. So it's like a shrew or like an echidna. Where do echidnas live? What is, what is an echidna? Knuckles. Knuckles. <laughs> they live on Angel Island. Oh, okay. They're a spiny Sometimes known as a spiny anteater. They're super cute. Oh, look at it with its little nose. Where do they live? Habitat. They do not tolerate extreme temperatures, and they use caves and rock crevices to shelter from harsh weather conditions. Well, there you go. They're found in forests and woodlands. Okay, so that seems about right for Cyndaquil. Somebody, Somebody researched echidnas when they wrote this episode. It makes sense. Cyndaquil is the best of the three starters. You take that back. Chikorita, meh. Totodile, meh. Totodile gang, rise up. I have a weird thing about Cyndaquil. Are you going to talk about it? (laughs) Not like that kind of a weird thing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I like it when the flames are lit, but when the flames aren't lit, it looks so weird to me. Yeah. And in the anime, it's, it's almost always not lit, so it's odd. Well, doesn't that make more sense that it's not like expending the energy to erupt its back flames out all the time that's true that does make more sense but especially with this particular cyndaquil mm-hmm. but the official art in the sprites back in the day had the flames out so like that's the default cyndaquil that is true that is that's a good point so i think when the anime came and it didn't have the fire on all the time i was like what the hell the early sprites ruined you austin i know it looks it looks much better well of course it does but now we've we've come into like realism territory with like actual animated models and stuff like that so if, if charmander's tail can be on fire 24 7 i don't see why cynical's back can't be but whatever that's true i guess it's like a grill it's like a stove top yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> those early pokemon games are definitely well animated like better animated than those old mario games the ones with the static sprites <laughs> that don't move are better animated <laughs> mario's fine again i'm joking it's not rage here but you know who is raging is Koji. Koji's pissed because I don't know. I don't know. He's just pissed. He can't find a Cyndaquil. He's probably been out there for days. They're everywhere. He can't find them. He's probably not that good of a trainer. We'll see. But Koji's pissed at Misty and Brock. Then they have their little quarrels or whatever. But in the meantime, Ash is just gone. He's like a little kid in a grocery store. You, you're shopping, getting your peanut butter and your cereal for the day. Turn around. He's gone. See ya. Why does he want Cyndaquil so bad? I guess he's missing Charizard. I don't know, I guess he didn't take, like, his medicine that morning, and he's off the ramps here. Because he does, like, every time someone mentions a Pokemon, he just, he's gone. He's got to go find it. And he's looking at places, like, you wouldn't expect, he's in bushes. Ash is doing his Ash thing. I love how his whole idea of, like, luring a Pokemon to him. This is the first time he's done this, either. Where he's like, come out, come out, wherever you are, Pokemon! And, like, screaming into the void. Like, they're supposed to all flock out of the bushes straight to him. Like, it's me! Ash. <laughs> what episode did he do that in? When he was he looking for? I think it was the pink rhyhorn. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's your friend, Ash. <laughs> Ash is off getting lost. In the meantime, guess who's here? Shocker! Team Rocket shows up. They got a giant 
Meowth Mecha, which the best part of the episode is next. After we get introduced to the Mecha, Giovanni's cut Team Rocket off, okay? They have no more funding. Their credit card's maxed out. The black card's gone. They gotta work for their stuff now. We go through this whole storyline of them doing odd jobs to try to make money. James works in the mining, like in the mines, uh, and Anthony does like construction in a city. Jesse is like selling stuff that she finds. It's it's a it's a weird part of the episode, but the best part of the episode. Yes, Austin. Jesse worked at like a McDonald's or something. Oh, she works at fast food. That's right. It was a Wendy's. I think Meowth was like selling things on the street corner, if I'm not mistaken. What was going? <laughs> what was right. he doing? He was doing the, uh, like, you know, when you go to, like, New York or whatever, they got the fake glasses and jewelry stores on the side there. So we're not here for long. That's the best part of the episode. The rest is just kind of, meh. The Team Rocket realized that Ash isn't there because him and Pikachu, like I said, are looking for the Cyndaquil. So they go off. They just fly off and they hop away. So they're hopping this giant mecha through this forest, probably destroying it along the way. It doesn't take them long, though, because we come across Pikachu and I don't know what's going on here. The, the mecha shoots bubblegum. <laughs> it's odd, right? It shoots bubblegum balls out of its paw pads. Well, I guess they couldn't really have, like, them actually shooting, like, like they do on Power Rangers when everybody's exploding into flames every five minutes. James evokes Power Rangers, though. He does? He totally oh, does. Oh, my gosh. When they're in the mecha, I did think of that. He was like, he was like, it's go time. And, like, making all the hand movements and everything that they do when they're sitting in the Zords. Is that right? Right before he shoots the bubble gum, he's like, yes. yeah, he says, let's commence or something. He does his arms in, like, a weird yep. pattern or whatever. Yeah. Why do they do that? Okay. The Power Action. Rangers? Yeah. You got to center your chi before you go out there and do all that stuff. You got to get balanced. I guess five-year-olds think it's visually stimulating. I don't know. That's a good point. <laughs> don't they do it, though, to morph? They do, do, they do it when they morph, but they also do it, like, when they're piloting the robot. But uh, James invokes Power Rangers, and they shoot bubblegum at uh, Pikachu. Doesn't work. Uh, Team Rocket flips over a tree root, of all things. So they're able to jump through the whole forest, but one tiny little tree root stumps them up, and they I guess they kind of crash. Ash and Pikachu, they just run out. They emerge from the forest, and this is where we find out the Cyndaquil live in, like, ant mounds or, like, little small caves. Like a giant ant mound-looking thing with holes in it, like Alex was telling us earlier. This is, And then Cyndaquil, a Cyndaquil, pops out of the cave. So I assume that this is a colony. Where were the other Cyndaquil? Yeah, it's just one that pops out randomly. The last survivor. The last survivor. That could be it. Maybe they've all been caught, and Koji kind of knows that. Maybe he's desperate because he knows there's, like, one left. It's been de-Cyndaquiled, this whole area. We'll learn later on probably why the Cyndaquil was left out, or maybe why <laughs> it's on its own. But Koji then arrives, and he has a Sand Slash, which this is kind of cute, I guess. The Cyndaquil's trying to escape from Ash, uh, Pikachu, and Koji, and the Sand Slash... The Slinja Sand Slash jumps up on the cave, or one of the caves, and starts just splashing sand in, <laughs> in the Cyndaquil's face, making him fall. It's kind of sad. And the Cyndaquil starts falling after being sanded in the face. This is when Team Rocket, we're back, you know, we haven't gone fully away yet. They're back. They start showing up, and they start attacking basically everyone on the scene. They're trying to catch the Cyndaquil, and they, but they wind up just destroying the whole ant mound looking thing which kind of hints to the point that this is actually the only cyndaquil in the ant mound poor thing yeah no poor thing it's so 
lonely. Is it a baby? It seems like a baby. Uh, it seems like one. Maybe it was abandoned. Maybe all the other Cyndaquils like migrated somewhere else and it got left behind. Mm, so we're actually just still pursuing the Cyndaquil. We've got Ash is trying to, I guess, save it from Team Rocket. Koji is not, not he's not caring at all that this thing's about to die. He's just sending a send slash after to kind of mangle the Cyndaquil. Uh, I don't know really where to go from this. Basically, Team Rocket keeps attacking. They shoot bubblegum. They shoot nets at the Cyndaquil. This is some Pokeball mechanics, Alex. I thought you'd figure this. Cyndaquil is about to I die. So it tries to fall off this, the cliff. Ash throws a Pokeball at it and catches it and seals it inside it. And just like Indiana Jones in that movie when the nuke goes off and he's in a <laughs> fridge and he doesn't get harmed, Cyndaquil is perfectly safe from being crushed by all this rubble and killed by the mecha. I guess that proves that if you're in a Pokeball, you're invincible. It, it saves it from certain destruction. Remember when Ash dropped Snorlax's Pokeball from three feet up and it broke? Yeah, okay. So maybe it was the angle that he dropped it at just perfectly on the rock to like... Yeah, and this circular spherical object, the perfect angle fell on it. And <laughs> well, you know what? It's actually kind of like, isn't that the thing where it's like one point of like impact? Like if you were to step on like a needle or something it's gonna puncture but like if you had like a bed of needles like and you like stood on it it's like the distribution of weight like it's like one point of impact so it's like the rock being that one point versus like a general explosion cyndaquil's lucky that when the pokeball escaped that explosion it didn't hit a rock on the way down it would have split in it too yeah Mm. it landed in a nice soft patch of grass area i wonder if there's like generic brands of pokeballs like i wonder if there's like a mad cats brand of pokeball i already have that episode title i know (laughs) that's a good question jacob because we know i mean we see like the pokeball factory later but i wonder if that's true if they're like different companies that manufacture like different brands different quality pokeballs or is it one like do they have just a monopoly on the pokemon pokeball production industry apparently if you have the know-how you can make your own pokeballs oh Mm. yeah if you're a certain somebody that'd be a way to do it then like you wouldn't have to rely on like big ball coming to save the day big Big ball Ball. they jacked up the prices again we need to tear down big ball the pokemon world is like a utopia there's probably no such thing as like you know they don't need like antitrust laws You know, I'm sure Pokemon, like, or the Pokeball production company is probably, like, fair and equitable to everyone, and they cap their price at, like, a certain thing. Everybody can afford it. Is it always 200 Poke Dollars in every game? Uh, I just know you buy 10 of them and you get a Premier Ball. That's all I know. Yeah, see, they even give you one for free. So I think (laughs) that, I think it's not an issue in this world. I think it's not like an Amazon situation where they just monopolize everything. Amazon should be the next evil team, okay? Oh, that'd be great. Team A. They should have... Okay, I read a thread about this on Reddit not too long ago, but it was like, bring back, like, a team with a goal. Like, even if it's a stupid goal, like Team Aqua or Team Magma. Like, at least they had a goal, right? But the last couple teams we've had, like Team Star and Team Yell, they're just, like, hooligans who just rabble Team browsers. Skull. <laughs> team Star's good. Well, I haven't played... Okay, maybe I'm being preemptive. I haven't played all the way through Scarlet yet, but at least Team Skull was... Spoiler alert, they were working for the Shadow Team, like Team, you know, Aether Foundation, whatever. But let's bring back a team with, like, a real goal. We need, like, another, like, Team Flare. But this time, they're, like, capitalists who are, like, bent on, like, enriching themselves. That'd be a good... I guess that's sort of Team Rocket, isn't it? Who was black and white? Was that in... Plasma. Team Plasma. No, who was the... Like, we need that one... We need one main villain. Remember the guy who was, like, you shouldn't battle Pokemon? N. 
And yeah, remember he he was cool because he was like, you know, this is wrong that we're fighting. It like really was like an actual problem people had with Pokemon. Like, should these things be fighting? Oh my gosh, Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know, I know. I'm I'm not going down there. No, no, no. I was going to say, I wish that they had had the balls to really lean into that and explore that whole question of like, you know, Pokemon, you know, should they be used for battling? You know, are trainers ethical? You know, all this stuff. They had such a good basis for that. Black and white were some of the best games, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, but they didn't lean into it hard enough. Unfortunately, the answer is yes, Pokemon training and battling is bad. That's the... Yes. Yes. (laughs) So... Ash is really perpetuating a bad thing because his whole outlook is Pokemon are our friends. And, you know, that's the whole messaging, right? Like, it's not a bad thing because they're our friends and we treat them with respect. And they want to do this. That's convenient. And was cool because he said he kind of dived into that. But then he was also battling Pokemon at the same time. But he acknowledges the fact that it's wrong that he was doing it. That makes it cooler, too. Yeah. If I remember right with N, his team changes every single time because he only recruits the Pokemon to help him in that moment. Even though, yes, you're right, he is technically battling you. He doesn't, I don't think he catches them. I think he's just like, hey, you want to like help me real quick? And they're like, yes. And then after that, they go. That's why his team changes all the time. That's a good point. Are you guys excited for season 16 when N comes in? Yes, very. I can't wait. Too bad. We're on season three. Just around the corner, that. Exciting times, black and white. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Uh, back to this episode here. Um, I forgot to mention that when Seneca, before Senegal gets caught, reveals its true power and launches a flamethrower that just destroys the mecha. And Ash catches it, of course, in the Pokeball. The dust settles. There's a Pokeball lying there. Ash kind of looks like surprised that he caught it, even though he threw a Pokeball at it. He didn't think that it may have... I mean, the explosion happened like 0.2 seconds before, so maybe he thought it didn't catch survive. it, it missed, it didn't survive. You know, the Pokeball, like, maybe got damaged, something like that. Team Rocket wasn't done earlier, and of course, Koji, a.k.a. Richie, wasn't done earlier. Are you going to make me defend Richie? Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do Rich- that. Richie's a heel. Koji shows up. This is like, this is one of those ownership ownership questions of how easy is it to give up a Pokemon and who technically has the Pokemon? Because they Koji shows up and says, hey, I'll battle you for ownership of the, the Cyndaquil. And of course, she does that like, you know, you're scared kind of thing. And then Ash just says, yeah, fine, whatever. If you win, you can keep the Cyndaquil. This was so dumb. Brock's the only one with common sense because he's like... Why would he battle you, Koji, when he's already caught it himself? It, it, it This is stupid. Like, they could have easily walked away. But Ash's driving, you know, desire to battle at every opportunity. He's like, yeah, you're on. I'll, you know, battle you. I'm confident that Cyndaquil can win. And Misty's like, but Ash, you don't know anything about this Pokemon. You haven't trained it at all. You don't know if that was, like, a one-off thing. Like, besides, you could easily walk away. You already own the Cyndaquil. Like, this is this is stupid. But he decides to battle him anyway. Yeah, and I think there's like a contradiction here. Because I think earlier in the episode, they talk about how the forest is full mm-hmm. of them. And somebody says something that they're hard to find. Either it's like Team Rocket or Koji says that they're hard to find like later in the episode or they're rare. I'm not sure who says that, but there's a major contradiction earlier. Which we kind of see that already, though, because there's only one Cyndaquil in that whole cave mound. But Ash agrees to this battle for ownership of the Cyndaquil. Sandslash is pretty cool. It just kind of uses Fury Swipes to constantly swing at Cyndaquil. 
And it turns out Cyndaquil is just kind of like a defensive Pokemon. Like it dodges basically every single swipe that this Sand Slash does. I mean, Koji works this thing too. He works it to the point where it's like sweating really hard and it can barely lift its legs and arms. Sand Slash actually gets a couple of licks in there. And this just all makes Cyndaquil more angry. It's like Cyndaquil is like a Psyduck, how it's kind of dormant. It moves faster. But it's a little dormant, then I mean, Sand Slash just pisses it off to the point where it just launches this huge flamethrower and then knocks out the Sand Slash, uh, burns Koji to death. He turns to ashes. Then we learn that Cynical is actually pretty awesome. Ash is very proud of his catch and merry gone our merry way. Maybe we'll get to Zelia Town next episode, maybe not. Mm-hmm. That's the end of this boring episode, so. Poor Cyndaquil. His first debut is, isn't, I don't know, it's not what I remembered it to be. I thought Cyndaquil had a little bit more of a dramatic sort of intro, intro, but I guess not. All the other fire-type starters have go- pretty good introductions. Cyndaquil does not. At least it's a departure. It's not like a damaged Pokemon, like, you know, a Tepig or a Chimchar or a Charmander. Is it just lazy? Is that what it is? Well, I think it's a baby. I think it's just a little narcoleptic and narcoleptic. can't... Uh... Maybe it's nocturnal. Yeah, ma- yeah, maybe. Maybe it's distro- disturbed its like natural cycle of its hibernating cycle and needs some encouragement. It was just not a good introduction for a good Pokemon. I wish it had become a Typhlosion. Sorry, I know that's like way I had, but it never becomes one. But I thought it would have looked really good with Ash. I think hmm. him and Typhlosion would have been really awesome. But alas, we never see that. Anyway, we can move on to our most viable player and our least viable player in the quote for this episode. Good luck to us, by the way. Austin, you're first, followed by myself, and then Alex. Yeah. I got a pretty good quote. This might just be me. I don't know if this delivery was on purpose or not, but when they first meet Koji, Misty says, What an attitude. Oh, right. Caught that. Yeah. Was that just me? Okay. No, I think that was purposeful. I guess my MVP will be misty for that line and my lvp will be koji for being abusive towards his sand slash i don't know mm-hmm. he's no paul my quote is gonna come from james and this is when i guess he's doing a horrible job working in the mines and he says oh, i don't want to ever go back to working because i was afraid i wasn't the only one gonna get punched out or something like that when is the the boss is yelling at him that was pretty oh. funny uh my mvp uh i'll give it to cyndaquil for beaten team rocket then my lvp i'll give it to lord um i don't know i'll give it to uh the fuck i don't know uh the <laughs> i don't know who to give it to uh uh meowth <laughs> there you go was that your lvp yeah because i don't know the mecca's designed after him and it's awful mvp i'm gonna give it to ash actually because I appreciated, I think we're starting to see Ash in a little bit, like maturing a little bit, actually encouraging his Pokemon. It was really sweet when he was like, are you okay, Cyndaquil? Like when Cyndaquil was having a problem getting his uh, little back engine thing started. Yo, Ash has gotten MVP like the past three episodes. He's doing good. He's on, he's a, on roll. a roll here. <laughs> Even though he ran away without telling anyone and left his friends behind in a, a forest. Yeah. He did pretty good this episode. He's still a little one-track-minded, um, you know, maybe a little selfish like that. But for the sole reason of him encouraging Cyndaquil like he did, he's like, are you okay, Cyndaquil? Like, it's all right. You know, take your time and, you know, you've got this, you know, just focus on the opponent, you know, kind of thing. Like, encouraging him, tra- you know, coaching him from the side. I was like, okay, Ash. 
are they making an effort to make Ash mature at this point to contrast oh. to Kanto? Well, I would say next episode, kind of, he loses his gold star in oh. maturity, but... When he's not around a lot of people, he's mature. He uh, he has his moments. He has these little, like, rays of sunshine that pop through every now and again. But anyway, I was proud of him for that particular moment. LVP, gosh, you guys said what? Koji and Meowth? Yeah. Give it to the forest. There's no Why? life there. There's nobody uh. there. Nobody lives there. There's no animals. There's no Pokemon. It's just deserted. It's awful. I'm going to give it to the colony of Cyndaquils that <laughs> apparently <laughs> abandoned the baby Cyndaquil. Like, what is wrong with you, Cyndaquils? I don't know. Unless, of course, they all got captured. That's not their fault. In which case, I blame the trainers for abandoning or, like, catching all the ecosystem of the Cyndaquils. Like, you should at least have to leave some so they can, like, repopulate. So, okay, quote, I didn't write, like, anything. There was one little part where Koji is, they're in the caves, and Ash gets tripped over by Sandslash. Koji runs by, and he looks at Ash, he's like, how was your trip, kid? And then keeps running by. Oh, that was pretty good. Who's ready for a summary for a shadow of a drought? Oh, God, there's a lot that happened. I have, okay, let's see. Let me just preface this. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bullets for the Cyndaquil episode. How many do I have for Shadow of a Drought? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 15. <laughs> Plus I have sub bullets under all those. So Jesus. Oh my God. You're writing an essay here. I did. I wrote like a whole page. This is a whole page, you guys. Of notes. Oh, I had like no me. notes. I had nothing written for this. I'm going to try to summarize this, but there's a lot that happens. Nothing happened in this episode, as we're going to find out in okay. three, two, one, go. So Ash and Friends and Team Rocket are wandering the Mojave Desert of Johto, and it's a drought. There's nothing growing. Everything's dry. They Team Rocket comes across a well, but it's dry. Ash and Friends uh, come across... Well, they dig into a tunnel, first of all. They, it was a slowpoke well. They scheme to steal all the slowpokes. Ash gets to town, where the town forms an angry mob because Ash stepped on a slowpoke tail. They meet a mysterious man in a slowpoke costume. It turns out to be Kurt. All this other stuff happens. The slowpokes yawn. It rains. Time. And all the town is saved. Well, that's all we need to talk about that episode. Moving Austin, on. Austin, let me talk about it then. I have 15 bullet points. All right, let's see what my bullet points say. All right, we're in the desert. They're all like, we're dying in the desert, and there's no illegal water pumping system for them to drink from. I love how there's a desert wasteland in this area between the Ilex Forest and Azalea Town, which is like grass, as far as the eye can see. This is where I thought you would see the Cyndaquil, is an area more like this. The deserts of Johto. Misty has the bright idea to have Staryu exhaust itself by making it rain from the sky by shooting water gun upwards. So we all dance and sing and singing in the rain in our bathing suits. And this makes me think, why didn't the town people do this? They don't have an infinite supply of star use. Yeah, their use of water type Pokemon, is, there, there should never be a drought in the Pokemon world. Don't you think the water type Pokemon would have to be hydrated in order to use their water powers? They probably can't. They'd kill their Pokemon. Work together. Bring them in from somewhere. They can fly. Some of them can fly. I mean, just have them come in, drop some water. There should never be any lack of any resource. You know who it is. It's Sonrisa. She's illegally routing the water away <laughs> from this town. It's big water. S- <laughs> She's tapped into the slowpoke well. 
She's tapped into the slowpoke well and diverted the water for her stupid freaking sunflower sunfloras, and that town is basically stealing this town's water. God, for the for her fucking competition, so she can win the noodles. Yeah, these people are dying of thirst, and their main concern is the sunflora contest. I know this one town's over here just bathing, and all the water just dumping it out. They've got so much. Oh, feel bad for Roselia Town. I kind of don't, but moving on. Squirtle is sent out to the same thing as Staryu, but it just launches Ash into a rock. L-O-L. Mm. Meanwhile, Team Rocket's here. Meowth drinks all their water. He uses his divining rods to find water, which don't work, of course, right? They work. What, you mean in real life? Yeah. I don't know the science behind a divining rod. But in the Pokemon world, they do work. Let's see what we can see. Dowsing is a type of divination employed in attempts to locate groundwater, buried metal or ore, gemstones, oil, grave sites. Grave sites? Can they sense death? <laughs> okay, the scientific... Okay, this is Wikipedia, so take that with what you will. The scientific evidence shows that dowsing is no more effective than random chance, and it is therefore regarded as a pseudoscience. There you go. If you're having to divine something, then, like, it's not real. That's not real. <laughs> So he gets lucky, though. I'm going to go edit that article. Okay. Oh, okay. Good luck. Wikipedia. Meowth gets lucky, and they find a water source. It's the Slowpoke Well from Pokemon Gold and Silver. Ooh. They start to dig into it, but that they quickly abandon that. Because Meowth remembers he had a giant diglet mecha that he ordered from popular Pokemon magazine. Hmm. So they dig a giant asshole that ruins the local environment. Giant sinkhole in the middle of the desert now. Yep, and now they start drinking water directly from the source, and they see all the slowpokes, and they're scared, but then they realize, oh, that's just slowpokes. Never mind. Meanwhile, the Twerps have finally made it to Azalea Town, and Ash is like, it's gym time, and Misty's like, no, it's just fall time. It turns out it's not gym time because due to the public water shortage, all schools, public buildings, and the gym are closed to conserve water. Which, oh my god, how long has this drought been going on? That's bad. See, this is what I was talking about in last episode. Like, Ash has his moments of, like, clarity sometimes, but he reverted right back when he's like, I want to go to the gym now! And Misty's like, Ash, you're being a little brat. Like, we told, you promised, you made Professor Oak a promise. And then he's being selfish in this moment. I'm on Ash's side here. It takes about, like, ten years to get to these places you know, you work so hard to get there. I would just be straight going for the gym, too. I mean, the GS Ball, we don't even remember it unless somebody else remembers it. So let's just book it and get on. It's going to be another 10 years for the next gym. Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate and say Ash is the main reason why we have these diversions all the time. So I don't want to hear that Ash took a long time to get wherever because this is half of this is his fault that we've taken this long in the first place. We should be keeping a tally of who's responsible for which filler episode. <laughs> Brock was responsible for the Mareep episode. That's yes. true. Ash got sidequacked by the Cinder Quill, which was important, but still, that's a diversion. Misty hasn't had a single diversion episode. Like, when was the last time she wanted to go and do a certain thing? They're all at fault. When, like, well, they're not at fault, but every time they go to a town, there's a festival, and they all three agree to do the festival. I guess, you know, you can blame that, too. The timing is also sucky for them. The hive mind of them being like, well, we gotta go and see the Sunflora Festival. Like, (laughs) we gotta. But there's no Slowpoke Festival today. It's just a bunch of Slowpoke littered throughout Azalea Town due to an ancient 400-year-old legend in which during a drought, 
which seems to happen often in this place. Uh, a yeah. slowpoke yawned, and it caused a rainfall to commence. Is this really that surprising? Because rain dance is a thing. Yes. The fact that these people put so much stock into like, oh my god, the slowpoke of legend, and they like revere the slowpokes because of one slowpoke that did a rain dance 400 years ago. I, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. feel bad for the people of Zelia Town. They are backwoods. They are backwards. I have so and crazy. many opinions on them. Oh my god, just wait. Ah. The twerps are walking around being like, there's slowpokes everywhere. And Ash steps on one's tail, and it doesn't react, so they keep going. And then the slowpoke's like, oh no, I got stepped on. And starts cradling its tail, and then one person comes up and is like, he stepped on the slowpoke. And then another person comes up and is like, you hurt the slowpoke. And a third person comes up and is like, we don't take kindly to strangers stepping on our slowpokes. And then 400 other people appear, and they're all <laughs> like, they're gonna, they're gonna kill Ash. I loved this part. I hated this part. I was like, I hate these people. I mean, they're terrible people. I don't like mob attacks on people. So, no. They they were... I, I like it because it was insane. Not because I agree with, like, the mob mentality. That was scary. But, like, these people just descended like vultures. And they yeah. all start screaming, Did he punch it? Did he kick it? Did he bite it? Get him! <laughs> and then they, like, run after him. It's like the cows in India... Like, you can't touch them, you know, they're so sacred, so you mess with them, you're done. These people were nuts. They were lunatic people. I hated them. Thankfully, we have our one sane person in Azalea Town, who is a man wearing a giant slowpoke costume. Is it Bill? I thought, I wrote that. I said, thankfully, Bill is here in his giant slowpoke fetish suit. He forces (laughs) the twerps to wear slowpoke suits as well and sit on the ground in a clump. In a club. This is disgusting, too. It's just outright foul. What, the, the slowpoke suits? Well, what's the guy's name? GS Ball guy? Gus? Kurt. Kurt. Gus. Gus? <laughs> Obviously, he was keeping those extra suits inside the suit he was already wearing. Ew. So Ew. you can imagine how f- it's been droughty. His son's been baking him in that thing. I mean, I don't think that they needed much help keeping those things upright. I think they were kind of just stiff and smelly, so I think oh, the people Jacob. left because of that. <laughs> he needs token powder. You know what the vibe I got was? So, like, Kurt, well, we don't know him as Kurt yet, but it's Kurt, whatever, surprise. It gave me the vibes that, like, they put on the costumes, and much like a Skyrim NPC, when you, like, go up and put, like, a basket on, like, a NPC's hat, they're like, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Oh, I guess there's nothing. <laughs> it must have been the wind. Sneak level And they walk away. I know. It's like, they're literally sitting there, like, man-sized slowpokes with (laughs) very obvious, like, yeah, they're huge. And they have, like, obvious stitch work all over the costume. And these people are like, drat, they got away. I don't see them anymore. They were just here. And they give up immediately. Well, they immediately forget about the twerps because Kurt the slowpoke runs off because he has an errand to run that he forgot about. And so the twerps are just like, okay, we don't want to wear slowpoke costumes anymore. And now they're wandering through the town again. Well, they're dehydrated, Austin. They can't be that dehydrated. They have a star you. I'm talking about the people of the town. They're dehydrated. Oh. So hopefully they died off screen. I don't know. The twerps go to Kurt's house. It's like this Japanese mansion area. And there's a little girl with really bad hair there. Kurt's granddaughter. And she's like, I don't know where he is because I was watching TV but he's at the slowpoke well because he heard something. The twerps are like, okay, thank you for the quest. Let's go. They are off to the slowpoke well. 
where, surprise, surprise, they find the man in the slowpoke costume, and they don't put together that this could possibly be Kurt. What they do find is the Team Rocket Diglett Mecha attacking, they think Kurt's a slowpoke, some shit happens, and now the slowpoke have decided they're going to i'm ignoring you alex because i'm just going to steamroll through this the, the slowpoke have decided oh, that they ha- are tired of the drought and they are going to use their rain dance yawning move and make it rain and the rain washes away team rocket and it hydrates the people of azalea town and all oh, hold on my, my audacity just crashed you're fucking kidding me yeah i am i was letting alex alex go ahead and speak you want to speak ha <laughs> thank you jacob <laughs> And the day is saved and the episode is over. <laughs> now Alex can speak. Well, it's not. I can't say it now. You've already steamrolled past the part. I did. Okay. Alex, what do you have to say? Because I hated this episode. What is wrong with you? This episode was so cute. I liked it. And I appreciate... I was going to say, my original point was going to be, I appreciated the attention to detail from the game, like... In the game, Kurt, like, falls down the ladder or something and, like, lands on the on his back and breaks his back in half. This one, he gets tripped by the Diglett machine and it flares up his, like, lumbago and he's, like, dying on the floor of the cave. And luckily the twerps come along because I feel like if the protagonist in the game didn't or the twerps didn't, he would have died in the cave because he's, like, immobilized. Would the Slowpoke have ate him? Would they eat humans? Maybe. Slowpoke have the ability to cause the drought to end at any time, and they just elect to do it today because the Chosen One has graced their presence with his baseball hat. And their slow king from the Orange Islands has given them the creed to end the drought. I'm surprised you didn't mention Heracross being defeated. Heracross was defeated. I didn't even pay attention. I didn't even know he was there. He gets. I thought he threw the mecha like 20 feet in the air. No, he gets smashed and then dies. Like Austin said, it rains, all the townspeople rejoice and start rolling around in the streets, and then that was the end. This is a weird place. I can see why y'all love this episode so much. It's so I have great. like three quotes that I want to say, because there's so many good good quotes and things that happened. I, I disagree with you, Austin. I like this episode. I'm with Jacob. This was a good one. It's weird and fun. Slowpoke man. The idea that these people are so reliant on Slowpoke instead of building their own infrastructure is just crazy this place is wild at least we've accomplished our goal we finally finally met kurt i'm sure it's going somewhere really exciting thank god okay all right is that ended for shadow of a drought yes austin alex and then me i i actually don't have an mvp i guess my mvp i'll, I'll give it to fucking hair across i don't know whatever <laughs> my lvp is the azalea town citizens yeah they were be- pretty bad my quote would be I'd give my right arm for a drink right now. And James says, yes, I'd give your left arm as well. (laughs) Clever. MVP, I'm going to give it to Slowpoke because I love Slowpoke. Despite what Austin says. You just like Slowpoke. I do. I I thought it was a decent episode, actually, but I love, I adore Slowpoke. It's an easy, easy MVP. LVP. Oh, God. Um, Kurt's granddaughter for not caring about her grandpa she's like "Mm, he laughed maybe hours ago but i was watching tv so he could be dead for all i know but eh, whatever she didn't give a shit that girl um my quote is also from the girl whose name i guess is Maisie. we didn't find that out in the episode but i looked it up she says or ash first he says are you his next door neighbor or something little girl and Maisie says he's my grandpa I call him Grandpa, but everybody else calls him Kurt. 
That was kind of cute. Oh, that is. That's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, she's a little girl. It was it was cute. Mm -hmm. I also have another quote, but I don't know, Jacob, if this is going to be yours. It's something Kurt says. Is that? No, go ahead. You can go ahead. I just have to share it because it's it's so good. At the very, very end, Kurt says, this is after the drought like gets cleared up immediately. Everything the plants have grown back in the matter of seconds. Like everything is amazing, which I guess this is a mysterious thing, but whatever he says. Kurt says, the Pokemon world is filled with mysteries, and this is one of the most mysterious. And I'm like, really? A bunch of <laughs> slowpokes using rain dance is a big freaking mystery? All right. It's not even a dance. It's just a synchronized yawn. There's nothing special yeah. about it at all. If Ash could tell you, Kurt, with some of the shit he's seen, well. I'm going to give my LVP to uh, Kurt, actually. I mean, do you see the Whoa. size of his house? I mean, he's living in luxury while these people are, you know, I mean, they got boxes stacked up off to the side. It's rough for the town folk, but uh, Kurt seems to be living it up. I'm going to give my MVP to that snow or was it slow king that talks that ordered these things to yawn. Uh Uh-huh. Good for him. And then my quote comes from Brock, who I think it's Brock. We get to see his brilliance. Um, at the end of the episode, when all the slowpoke yawn and Brock points out that the yawning makes it rain. It's like, okay, Brock, <laughs> thank you. Yep, we figured that out 100 years ago. It's kind of why we're celebrating these things. But, I mean, thank you, Captain Obvious, Brock. Good job. Good old Brock. Yeah, and I think, uh, does anyone have more thoughts for this episode, or does that conclude it? I'm good. All right. Austin, I know you're done with this episode. But with both these episodes, Austin's done. <laughs> Yeah, this is not a good showing. I'm sorry. Sorry, Johto. No. Sorry, Pokemon the series. Sorry, Game Freak. Sorry, Nintendo. Sorry, Four Kids. Sorry, Slowpoke. Sorry, Cyndaquil. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, Mario creators. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that back out there. <laughs> Personal apology to Shigeru Miyamoto. If That's you're listening right. to yep. this, we are so sorry. What's next week, Austin? Do we have anything better next week? What's on the agenda? Next week, we're gonna have a little Saturday off of no new episode. But the next episode of Pokemon we will be doing are going Apricorn and getting the bugs out. Cool. Okay, that first one sounds pretty interesting. You've got my interest with that one. We'll see about the second one. Pokeball mechanics. Woohoo! Oh! I love a good Pokeball mechanics episode. All right, I'm closing this out here. Uh, I'd just like to say thank you all for listening. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating. If you have any questions or comments for the show, be sure to send them to outofthedryingpan at gmo.com. Again, that is out of the drawing pan at gmo.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter. Our handle is out of drawing pan. Again, our handle is out of drawing pan. And join us next time as the journey continues. <laughs>